0: This episode of Lightning Strikes Thrice is brought to you by our incredible patrons, patrons like Nathaniel and Samplos. If you want to help us keep making the show like they do, you can visit pitchdrop.cash and contribute as little as a buck a month. We really appreciate it. listening to lightning strikes thrice the jrpg games club podcast that died a few days before you arrived this is season eight episode five covering the floating continent and renlu chateau in Xenosaga episode three i'm your host chris taylor and my pronouns are he him with me today is simple arnett she her ryan Beatty, they them matt marcus he him someone tell me what happened last episode because i forgot
1: In order to rescue the Elsa from inside of a hypersphere where it was trapped, the group put into action a plan to steal Cosmos again, who had been slated for disposal. Side note, is it theft if you pick someone out of the trash? Is that still (laughs) kidnapping? I don't know. They infiltrated the Consolidated Advanced Technology Testing Ground in the middle of the night, heading for Vector's research wing. However, they found themselves wandering into a giant underground hangar instead. Following the pilot of the rebuilt Proto-Omega, Abel... The group found Cosmos and quickly set off in the Durandal to rescue the Elsa and crew.
2: Just as an addendum to your side note, I work in a place where a lot of the paper forms that we end up having to, like, shred have sensitive banking information or social security numbers on there. And so we have, like, a secure recycle where it's a trash bin that gets padlocked all the time. And I imagine that is what we rescued Cosmos from. We have that too, except it's biohazard trash cans that oh, are padlocked, oh. Oh, <laughs> which is also Cosmos. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Do not lick Cosmos's leakings. Oh,
3: oh God. God! Tell that <laughs> to Sheon. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> just,
2: just wait till,
3: wait till I write that fic. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so we're off to save people, and so we reappear outside of the hypersphere. The Gnosis have begun gating in around this weird astronomical anomaly, giving everyone who isn't Xion or her little buddy something to do. Cosmos stands on top of the ES Dyna and fires a beam at the sphere to no avail. This proceeds to perk her up into maximum output, and she grows sick. Has new wings, manifests arcane glyphs around her, and lights the thing up, opening a hole for the ESs to proceed into. Then her, like, little floating gun things and also parts of her wings kind of break apart a little bit. Very cool. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. From aboard the Durandal, the 100 series units inform us that everyone's signal has been lost and the Gnosis have vanished. Shelly is convinced this means that they followed the party inside. Mary is a little bit more skeptical, but, you know, glad to see Shelly going into, like, hurrah cheerleader mode once again. That is piece of her personality hasn't really shown up yet in Xenosaga Saga 3.
0: I love the dumb little bit where they have to move the camera to a different place between lines just so you know that it's different 100 series saying something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hmm Yeah. So... In the coffin
3: room from earlier, Roth Mantel is chilling alongside the Blue Testament. And uh, the Blue Testament is basically just giving him the business this entire scene. Because <laughs> say <laughs> saying Testament stuff like.
1: He owns this entire episode. He's just sick of everything.
0: Oh, yeah. We yeah, He's definitely. Don't you see, We see his face <laughs> at the end of Xenosaga 1, I think. Yeah, we do.
2: Yeah, yeah, well, this I is, mean, this he, he shows it
3: here for the first time yeah, to the party. This
2: episode is where it's finally revealed, and it's just like the. I was gonna say this later, but since we're on the subject, the testaments are so much more of like hammy anime villains in this uh, in this entry. Yep, they you know they were like mysterious, cryptic schemers in the first two episodes, and here they are just like cackling and revealing their plans to us all over the place. It's a it's a pretty big tonal shift and a welcome one because it adds a little bit of goofy fun into these very like serious proceedings. It's like when Sybil and I record the anime podcast without Matt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's basically just the two of us trying to out caddy one
1: another without a mediating force. Mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, God, it feels like podcast parents are fighting over the kid. <laughs>
2: Just shut the up. Testaments. I feel like we're fighting
1: over who has to take the kid home. Yeah, God. The Testaments,
2: <laughs> the Testaments will definitely go into a tangent about waifu urns. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Look, they're hanging out on a waifu coffin this entire time.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Here's sure, the thing, on. though. All of them would have a different
0: choice of who the waifu is. Blue would be going,
1: how can you not be putting Telos on that thing? It's the most merchandisable. Black would be I like, did
0: find a waifu coffin immediately.
1: Black would be going, we need sour on this. He's got appeals. <laughs> yeah. White would definitely be like, I don't know, but they have to have that youthful spark. And uh, Red, we know who Red's after.
3: Yeah, we do. But uh, I, I'm surprised you wouldn't say White would have just slapped Momo on there. Come on. No. I was trying to be subtle. <laughs> you can't be
2: subtle and talk about Albedo. Come on now. He's okay. subtle in this one is two lines. Yeah, <laughs> so no, far. That's, he's, he's the only testament that's less hammy in this episode.
3: Kind well, because he, he's the one testament that, well, I guess we don't know about red completely yet, but like they're trying to be coy about white, even though it's so obvious. And in fact, they actually
2: like, I don't know he if they lampshade it, it, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Junior immediately recognizes him. Yeah, because it's so obvious. Yeah. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so Virgil, the Blue Testament, is giving Rothman Tell a whole lot of shit, saying, uh, do you still hold feelings for her, or is there some greater ambition of yours? You're one heartless bastard. So this is how it is. You'll use the perfect daughter in place of the imperfect mother, the maiden who invites the spreading gnosis. And Roth's only response is to... Laugh at uh, Virgil's uh, barbs Until Virgil goes uh, You know what this is going to cause And then Roth replies It is necessary for the new world Or is your cloak just for show Virgil responds I don't like the idea of that thing as the womb But I'll give you a hand We just need to destroy Cosmos, right? And Roth replies uh, Hardly The only one who can destroy Cosmos Is Telos Oh, so I just have to attend to the
0: princess's little whims. Fine with me. I'll lead the entourage. I'm glad we fully transition into Kingdom Hearts, where the clothes are magic and protect you from the darkness. <laughs> You're not wrong.
2: Yeah. I, I, I was going to say I'm glad we finally transitioned to a Tomino anime where there is just a whole ton of talk about biological motherhood out of nowhere.
3: I asked about womb stuff earlier. <laughs> I was yeah. on recording, is there? I guess it's not Cosmos specifically, yeah. but... I asked about <laughs>
1: Cosmos specifically, and I don't spoil shit for you if I not have
0: that. I guess it's a metaphorical womb.
1: <laughs> I asked but...
0: about the devil gynoid. <laughs> 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 but,
2: uh, also, but also, like, how how do you expect us to respond to the question when it's posed, like, is there womb stuff? <laughs> like, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, just, uh... <laughs> new sequel
3: idea uh we know the devil gynoid
0: <laughs> from the tomb to the womb <laughs> <laughs> our party is now inside the blue sphere the oxygen is breathable and within moments they establish contact with the elsa tony and hammer both begin cheering and dancing whoo we're saved we're gonna get out of here And then matthews just shoves them aside and being extremely gruff he's like what are you guys doing get to work Junior says, you guys sound like you're doing just fine. To which B- Captain Matthews responds, of course, you can't r- run an intergalactic salvage business if every little hiccup gets you down. Then Junior fucking owes him and says, is that so? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Unfortunately, there's a larger hiccup. The Elsa's logical drive refuses to power on. The Professor and Hammer have no idea why, since it seems to be fully repaired. But the former suspects something else in the giant magic space sphere is the cause. Why would you think that? Since the new ESs have arrived, they'll just have to look around, and now we're free to explore the Elsa.
2: So, it's so funny because, you know, we know who the Professor and Scott are because we do a podcast where we engage with all the side content, but it's entirely possible to go through the first two episodes of Xena Saga not touching anything involving the professor and so it is funny that he's just a part of the crew now and they don't really do an introduction of him they're just like oh yeah no he's part of the Elsa. it's chill and so when he has like speaking lines and shit and he's offering his advice there's a part of me that's just that wants to be like who the fuck are you even though i know exactly who he is because the game does not introduce him ryan you missed the
1: whole visual novel where the professor and assistant Scott accidentally create a robot cat girl plague that never came to America. <laughs> Wait, excuse
0: what? me. Oh yeah. That was
1: part of the back. that was part of the intertwined story of Xenosaga freaks.
3: I did not know Xenosaga involved cat girls. I thought we were gonna keep that on icons and icons where it fucking belongs.
2: <laughs> A very different, very different interpretation of the term freaks there in Xenosaga Freaks. <laughs> the correct interpretation, to be real. Yeah. Reminder: uh,
1: that's the game that if you played it, got you bonus swimsuits.
2: Oh, great. Uh, oh, Lord.
1: But before any of that, there's a new Hack-Hawks level, y'all.
2: Boo! Boo.
1: Uh,
0: what, you don't like it? Will... Now really? it sucks! I did those easy ones, and I'll never do any of the other ones. Have fun missing out on multiple amazing weapons and our accessories. I will. What I will actually... Oh no, I'm not on an emulator anymore now. I have to get an actual Shark. Mm-hmm. F. ha ha ha. ha, ha.
1: Uh, Medium teaches you advanced mechanics and is the end of the tutorializing. They show you that gimmicks can be bound to each face button now for more granular control. As well, certain stages have color-coded goals and spawners. Yellow ones can accept anyone, but otherwise, like, a red character has to go on to a red spawn point. You can't just go to one if they color-code them. Oh my
0: god, they're $95? (laughs) Oh lord. Owned. (laughs) Used.
1: You also (laughs) need (laughs) to make characters speed up in places to clear gaps with the aid of a gimmick as a launcher. Like, you're basically flinging them across like a pole vaulter. And on some stages, you'll need a higher score than there are character spawns, meaning you need to juggle the characters and make a combo multiplier at the goals. Also, for bonus fun, please experiment with the now-unlocked character select screen. You can change who spawns from what color and the characters all have their own lines. This goes as deep as I think like Helmer is one of the selectable characters.
3: Yeah, I gotta say like the last level here, 210 is like the only really fun one. And it gets pretty hectic because you basically are getting juniors. Well, for me, it was juniors and momos and you had to have junior be running and hit one of the uh, the gimmicks For Junior to get to his spot, and Momo, you had to make sure she was not running. But enough of them come quickly that they're overlapping a lot. So, like, it was actually kind of fun trying to juggle them and making sure that they don't, um, you know, fly off the edge or something. (laughs) But other than that, the other levels here are, yeah, extremely tutorial mode. Mm.
2: I just... I deeply dislike this minigame as it gets more complex. It feels like the control scheme and the perspective like in the camera control are fighting against me the whole time in ways that might be intentional but feel like sloppiness to me more than intentionally like obscuring design maybe it's yeah. just because i've like played too many increpare games at this point and this is like a shitty version of those but it just like i really despise this midi game at this point i hate it
0: yeah, what if the puzzles were good instead of the game being managing the camera? Mm. Like,
3: the the one part that was frustrating to me was one of the tutorial ones where you need to launch a character pretty far. Like, it's a pretty long circuit, and for whatever reason, like, if you're, like, a millisecond late, even if your character's running, if you're a millisecond late, they, like, don't shoot far enough, and they just end mm. up in the water, and you have to go through the entire tutorial thing again with mm-hmm. the text boxes coming up interrupting you. Mm-hmm. That one was obnoxious, but all the other ones, I, I don't know. I'm enjoying, the, enjoying it fine. But I'm also like less of a uh, puzzle game sicko as other people on the podcast. Sorry, Steven Search's role is the perfect game.
1: How the hell can you
3: call this a
1: less fun in Krippari game when those are designed around punching you in your junk regularly to because teach you? Because they're good.
2: Yeah, it's because the puzzles are well designed and these are not. It is a combination of feeling bored when I'm waiting for the next spawn to happen and then feeling like I don't have all of the tools that I need to, like, master it when it's not. And so it just feels both hectic and boring at the same time, which just is a a really uncomfortable combination of feelings. Yeah, I'm just going to wait to
3: see when they start really taking the gloves off how I feel about it. There is a little bit of jank to the feel sometimes but it hasn't quite gotten super in the way. But then again, we haven't really like gone full bore yet.
1: Yeah, we're yeah. on medium now. The next one is where I believe we are out of tutorial. Mm-hmm. Also, in less important news, the UMN plate and ES part shops are now open to you. <laughs> you should absolutely go back to the tutorial dungeon to get the Tears River Necklace out of that segment address, which gives a small damage boost versus Gnosis. This is incredibly handy in the upcoming dungeon, and very good on Junior with his whole Kill Gnosis, Gain Special Attack XP clause. You are now free to explore the ship. There are men's and women's quarters you have to change party leaders to enter. The women's really has nothing. In the men's, you can see that Jin has a small shrine amidst all the spaces in there, as well as find survival wear armor in a chest. But the big thing we want to find on the Elsa today is in the basement.
0: You know, I was very annoyed when I bought a bunch of stuff for ESs and then walked five feet, and the guy just gave me an en- extra engine of all the ones I had yeah. already fully bought. <laughs> and that's when I reloaded uh-huh. my save and then thought about my new sicko strat. Yeah, I
3: definitely explored the area, and I was glad I did before I spent any money. <laughs> Except I did not realize that the uh, the gender blocking thing for the different rooms. So I uh, I did not pick See, up. He
0: just says males are not allowed to enter. I, I just but okay <laughs> i never went back which i only found out cuz i tried to get a gift from that robot who says she wants to give ziggy
2: something i didn't explore shit on the elsa my eyes were on the prize and so i just like bought shit from the from the blue plate got the extra like engine for the es and then immediately departed so i did not know about the professor oh well you're about to get a lot of stuff that you're going to go what i missed this yep so <laughs> In the basement, Assistant Scott and the professor are just working down here now. There is a segment address in the corner, which you can open to earn the EK device, which allows any character to summon the OG Erde Kaiser. You can see plans for all of the different Erde Kaiser models all around the room. And if you talk to the professor, he explains, Oh, look, I've just gotten a postcard from my dark rival, the Dark Professor. It reads, Stoic that I am, I have been living in a solitary life on a deserted island in the Southern Sea, where I have finally completed the ultimate Erde Kaiser. Its absolute power far exceeds that of your Erde Kaiser fury. With this, I will bring to a close my contest with you over the ultimate robot. How do you like that, huh? I win. But I do feel a little lonely when I think that I won't get to squabble with you anymore. Okay, anime rival, this is Nero and Sid again. Amazing. Love him.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then the professor rages a response, saying he thinks he's so clever using this outdated method of communication.
1: How did a postcard get to the Elsa? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I through the UMN, mm-hmm. right? Honestly, that's
3: probably it. I didn't, I didn't think that, but yeah, that's probably <laughs> the answer. Uh, but the, uh, the postcard has a monkey and some palm trees on it, and, uh, I think they straight up say, yeah, he's yeah. hanging out on that island that you were at before. Yeah, if you
0: talk to him again, he tells you the physical address is on Patea Island.
3: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so, uh, we're going back there at some point. We already know we're going back there because there's a segment address we couldn't open, right? Or or is that, no, that's the door to the se- the base that we found. Yeah, that's, that we that's into. the
0: opening dungeon. There's nothing yep, yep. on. You go back there whenever you need to bust some nuts. Oh, that too. Also,
3: for some reason, Professor says something like, monkeys have nine lives and the rabbit there is just like, uh, no, that's wrong. And it's like probably (laughs) one of the few times that like somebody will interrupt another character from like Mm -hmm. that far away that isn't like originally part of the conversation. And it was very jarring. Also, there's like three of these rabbits on the ship.
2: It's very strange. So I I have a theory. I haven't gone database diving to confirm it, but like you know the umn is starting to act up right it's like now that shiona is suspicious of the umn i feel like it's pulling some shenanigans and if this rabbit is the like mascot and also physical manifestation of the umn it like showing up at a bunch of places makes some sense this is this is just off the dome this isn't really supported by anything but you know it it works for me I'm sorry to
0: shoot you down, but one of the robots says if I do, if I do a good enough job, Captain Matthews will redesign me to look like the robot, not, sorry, not the robot, the bunny. Ah, uh,
2: yep. shit. One okay. of the side quest robots. They're okay. just shitty
0: robots, I'm sorry. That's a bummer. The real answer is if you spent money making and animating this model, better get your money's worth. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Getting a lot of mileage out of it from Xenosaga 1. Oh, also, very funny little side conversation that you can have with one of the robots where uh, he's just like, oh, yeah, uh, Captain Matthews finally spent some money upgrading our language chips, so we all talk normal now because they just, like, didn't want a bunch of, like, all caps robot yelling anymore. <laughs> yeah. But that's about it that you can do on the ship for now. I mean, if you continue... continue to- Sorry, <laughs> Sorry <laughs> one more thing. Yeah, so all the all the robots are now voiced by Chris Pratt. They talk normal now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. That was worth it. But anyway, yeah,
3: if you talk to the Chris Pratt robots, uh, they all <laughs> give you uh, clues about side quests that you can't start, including forging the ultimate sword or using an item called Heaven's Door that Junior had at one point that you can't equip for some reason. And yeah, there's another uh, swimsuit mention, <laughs> but for Ziggy this time, that we... Alluded
2: to before, yeah. This, uh, oh yeah. This professor, I you know, this professor, I connected with this beautiful gift, and I really want to give someone else a beautiful gift. What about Ziggy? I don't think they say swimsuit. I think they just say beautiful gift. At this this was the robot who gave the professor the swimsuit in the prior game.
0: Okay, yeah. Okay, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and also changed him in and out of it. Yeah,
1: and she's going. (laughs) I feel like we should do something for Ziggy, but I don't know what. And that's the start of that quest. (laughs)
0: The worst part about changing the professor into the swimsuit is, you know, old people love showing their hog.
2: <laughs> they. It's true. true. I they had to it. spend
0: an hour
1: yesterday explaining about Willem Dafoe's legendary hog to a
0: coworker. <laughs> me, I don't know about Willem Dafoe's hog. I'm going to Google it. Um, okay. I, they, <laughs> Willem,
1: Willem Dafoe, according to many sources, has probably the biggest dick in
0: Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And oh so, my God! Home of the
2: hog, Willem yeah. Dafoe's hog. dot com. <laughs> so <laughs> famous, Lord. the the apocryphal but maybe true story is that there is a bit in Antichrist where they, mm. where right. Willem <laughs> Dafoe's hog is out and being uh, mutilated. Yeah, uh, oh, and it's, it's not very gross. Uh, well, so this this piece, I've heard some people say that Lars von Trier is lying about the reason. And so it's apocryphal on that, yes, it's been confirmed, but it's been confirmed by a famous troll and liar. So, eh. so the story is that Willem Dafoe is going to use his own dick for this scene, but then uh, Lars von Trier was like, it's too large and interesting looking. We have to use a prosthetic. And so... Yeah, Willem Dafoe was forced by his director to use a prosthetic dick for the dick mutilation scene in Stop *Antichrist* because it was too big. They had oh a, God, a I'm reading this Alaska interview
0: it. now. Incredible.
2: Yeah, both of them have confirmed it. It's two okay. different interviews. Okay. If both of them have confirmed it, then I will retract.
0: Yes. Yes, we had to have because Will's own was too big. Too big to fit on the screen. No, too big because everyone got very confused when they saw it. People would be intimidated. <laughs> <laughs> There's also talk that they had to tuck in his junk while he was being
1: crucified in Last Temptation of Christ because it flopped out and he couldn't move. So, like, someone had to walk up and adjust his dick and balls back under his leg.
0: <laughs> Home of the Hog has a photo and it looks pretty, very large. Uh, oh, he's got a there's video. A photo? There's a video Subscri- from the 80s. He did
1: some stuff. That's where this shows. is from. Yes. You can see him dancing, and it is fucking waving around, and he's soft. and it's My man's soft hog goes halfway down his
2: leg. Yes. Maybe he's a shower, not a grower. Oh,
0: he's definitely a shower, then. It, There's a box at hope. the bottom of, home of the hog that says, Subscribe. Sign up to hear more about Willem Dafoe's hog.
1: <laughs> anyway, you can see how I spent an hour on this at
3: work. Yeah. Signing up right just, just because the hog is long doesn't mean you need to talk about it for a long time. Would no, you like to know more hog? He kept
1: asking questions and I kept having answers. <laughs> Good I'm lord. Waiting for my
0: confirmation email from Home of the Hog.
1: <laughs> Defoe's hog scholar, Sybil Arnett, here. <laughs> hog scholar of the first sin. Ooh, you know what? Now I want a Willem Dafoe Dark Souls mod. Just have yes, just have eighties Dafoe with his junk out, just scrambling yes. around as one of the random little creatures. The uh-huh. animations wouldn't look any weirder.
2: Or as a man Mildred, but you know, just Willem Dafoe and his massive hog.
3: <sighs> <laughs> I, I'm just, you know, it really changes my image of the thirty to fifty feral hogs. Mm-hmm. Oh,
0: you man-eater Mildred. I thought you were talking about the man which have those extremely long scorpion tails. And I was like, I don't know if the hog is that big. <laughs> <laughs> that's
3: demon souls, Chris.
0: Whatever. That's the good one. <laughs> uh, they're all kind of good. They're all pretty good. Speaking of enormous hogs, if you head back to Padea Island via the UMN, you can now access the Dark Professor's lab. Doing so, you'll meet his semi-final creation, the Coconut Monkey. Coconut Monkey tells you that a few days ago, the Dark Professor fell ill. But then, the game asks, what was our relationship to him? And <laughs> apparently, what... Is this just the two choices it This prompts? is the two choices it gives you. Okay. <laughs> and then you get a dialogue prompt, where you get to choose between he was our arch-enemy, or he was our arch-rival. Uh... <laughs> Either one will get the coconut monkey to chastise you because the dark professor did have one of those, but he was an unkempt, obnoxious, gray-haired man. Fuck it. Oh, not even worth the dark professor's notice. How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) However, he does tell you that the dark professor left a will, which was to be given with a woman with long hair wearing a pendant. If you're Shion, he urges you to view the will. If you're not Shion, he goes, You seem like one of her friends. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. The dark professor named Shi'ad specifically as he moved to this island to watch her, yikes, and study her, yikes, after the <laughs> defeat of his dark a. Kaiser, Flashback to you running around in a bikini for a while. Uh-huh. Oh, d- read this letter. The will says, I know you've been fighting a great evil all by yourself. And I know you're suffering, unable to forget the man in your past. Fucking owned! I've even studied how you live. Remember when your instant curry disappears from the fridge? That was me. Remember when your closet was a mess? Oh when no! your underwear was still there, right? That's because I came through my senses midway through. Why Boy would you man say fucking cancelled! <laughs> <laughs> He's dead, he doesn't yes. a care. Anyway... His dying masterpiece was creating the ultimate robot, the Erde Kaiser, whatever that is. Sigma. Sigma. The Erde Kaiser Sigma. By the time you see this recording, I will have already passed on. Though my body may perish, my soul lives on. Though the Dark Professor may die, Sigma is eternal. I trust you'll accept this challenge from beyond the grave. Farewell. Currently, you can't do anything here, but beneath the lab, under a secret elevator, is segment address three.
1: This door and the one in the professor's lab were golden segment addresses. These contain Air Kaiser-specific rewards. Keep an eye out for them. They're how you get to this quest. Mm. Also, did no one else go do this scene?
3: No. No, no I didn't even know this was Why there. would I do
1: that? Okay, yeah, no, this... So none of you got the joke at the top of the episode, okay.
2: No, <laughs> I, I have... Nope. Listen, Sybil, I have never ever, in the history of us covering Xenosaga, gone back into the EVS machine to go and do, like, backtrack-side content. Not once.
0: Hmm.
3: Yeah, I am not playing with a guide this time. Otherwise, I probably would have. Okay. I will have no need to backtrack. All right. Well, um,
1: that's the end of everything we can do on the ELSA right now, so disembark when you are ready to explore the floating landmass. Your first enemy will teach you about some new ES mechanics, chains, and team combos. Chains are simple. More hits in a row on the same enemy equals more power. Weaker attacks with multiple hits are a good way to lead in if you have multiple turns or boost in a row to power up everyone's damage.
0: Also increases the accuracy, which is uh, good to know because stuff like the Asher's big hit is pretty low accuracy and you'll miss a lot without it. Fair. Team combos are basically
1: double and triple techs from Chrono Trigger, except less controlled. A cooperative attack is a two-person combo, and an ambush is all three members and only available during Anima Awakening mode.
0: Also, unlike the double attacks, they're good because they don't waste an entire turn.
1: Yep, Mm -hmm. Attacks you choose have a value which can—it's a silent thing that can add up to create a combo with other members. If you're in Awakening mode, everything has a multiplier. Unlike the last game, ES enemy fights aren't tanky slogs anymore, which is really nice. Mm -hmm. You will come upon something called a geocrystal shortly in your path. It's something so potent it can't even be destroyed with the power of an ES. (laughs) A little further up the cavern you'll climb and find a second one. Knock it over and the two shatter on contact. This is the new mechanic in this first area.
0: I hate it.
2: So this first, it's, God, it's so ironic that we're covering this first area because just yesterday, Matt and I were in a different slack arguing about the relative worthlessness or worth of most JRPG dungeons. And <laughs> oh, I that's- was right. And I was explaining that you know the best JRPG dungeons have incident in terms of like unique mechanics and layout, but you know mostly they're this like low level. You know I'm I'm exploring this. I've got a story reason behind it, and so it doesn't matter if the dungeon ecology doesn't work out because you know I'm rounding and it. I don't. Fucking require... shame on you for not bringing up cathedral shit. By the way, <laughs> well, whatever. But like, it was very funny because I was like there were people who were profoundly anti-JRPG dungeon in the chat who were talking about how, like, there's no dungeon ecology and saying, like, okay, what does exploring for a little bit down a straight line and then finding a dead end and then backtracking, what does it actually give you? And I was like, I don't know. It gives me, like, a feeling of mastery of the space. And if it has, like, good aesthetics and a good plot driver, then I enjoy the dungeon. And then we go through this, and it's just the blandest cave with the dumbest <laughs> dy- <laughs> Particular <laughs> in the world and there are like very few chests and it's just the most worthless pointless dungeon and on top of that now the enemies uh that we encounter are piss easy in the es robots which like makes it less of a pain but also means that there is no challenger incident in the es portion of this dungeon and
0: then you go from here to the most tired dungeon aesthetic of all time yeah <laughs> but like look the
3: thing that would have improved it, Ryan, is if there was, like, a skeleton with a couple of items next to it, so that you could do a little bit of, like, ooh, what happened here?
0: <laughs> fucking get their ass. <laughs> God. This is the...
2: I am a fan of dungeon ecology when it, like, makes sense to have a game with dungeon ecology, okay. but not every game needs that level of verisimilitude. And then I get hoisted by this fucking dumbass dungeon. <laughs> it is very funny. I... F- Every
0: video game would be improved if you opened a door and there was a wall with a skeleton half sticking out of it like Dark Souls 2.
2: Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I want it in
0: every video game.
2: I agree. More skeletons per game, please. Look at this MF
1: claiming that they are some kind of dungeon ecologist when they will just wander into a cavern and knock over the fucking ancient crystals with no care.
3: Uh, the space doesn't respect you,
2: so you don't have to respect it.
0: Fuck okay.
2: a colonizer. Look at this, shit. Look at this
0: leftist colonizer destroying natural shit. resources. Yeah. Hi- yeah. Uh-huh. Heinrich
2: Schliemann is a personal hero of mine, okay? I am trying to bomb centuries worth of history just to find the lost city of Troy. <laughs>
1: hobby lobby ass
2: logic up in here yeah, for real <laughs> listen it gets worse later when we're at human scale uh but you know we'll talk about that soon
0: oh boy there was extensive discussion of hobby lobby on the last podcast yeah there was guess what there's a tablet in this one mm-hmm it's true. I, I love the button that just says, "This pedestal has a depression." Of like, same. <laughs> <laughs> this, ped- this pedestal's got the depression. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Just that comic. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Finally, there is an optional item at the very bottom of the cavern as you huck one of these crystals off. This gives you the rough geocrystal special item and has a disembark point for a segment address behind it. Both of these will be very handy later in the game.
0: You know, I know what that's for, and I'm sure as fuck not going all the way back down there because all these guys respawn. Here's the thing. Just come in with the UMN, walk
1: 10 steps from the opening because it's the very bottom of the cavern, and Mm. jack out. Nice. I do
0: have to go back to whatever that chest I missed was. I don't know yeah. where the the room with the green cube is.
3: Yeah, I missed a, I think I missed a lot of stuff in this section because there was some areas that it looked like I had to backtrack or solve some extra puzzles, but I didn't see oh, yeah. anything.
1: This place wraps in around on itself repeatedly mm-hmm. in a way that is very akin to an actual cavern system.
0: What I'll say is that the temple later is the good version of that awful dungeon in Shadowheart's Covenant that we talked about. Oh, uh, yeah. I was debating the ruins making that Ninian that ruins?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 We're almost there. But, like, there really isn't that much to the temple, but there's just enough where it's like, oh, yeah, this is engaging and fun.
0: Oh, it feels super good when that bridge smashes all those crystals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, it feels that's so true. good.
2: Also, uh, where in the menu can we find the special items? Because I'm trying to figure out which special items I've collected, and I could not find them for the life. I of couldn't me find it the either. Menu.
3: There's a button. Wait, you go to the items menu. I think you have to press square or something. Uh,
0: God. There is a button you could push, though. I found a button that just shows you. This is what the loading screen will say when you come back in, in case mm. you forgot what you're doing and why. Oh,
3: that's so nice. There's a summary thing. Yeah, I think there is. Yeah, yeah. but it, it it is pretty hidden.
2: Apex in a more open cavern, and a cutscene kicks in, and Junior spots writing on the ceiling, which he's like, "Is that Hebrew? No, ancient Aramaic." Which is so fucking funny because he he can't read it. He's like, "Oh, I can't read that," but he still recognizes the language, even though yep. it's been a dead language for almost six for more than he's, six thousand years. He starts reading it. What a fucking
0: dork!
3: Yeah, <laughs> but here's the thing: if they've been studying the Zohar and the Zohar, like. Emulators and stuff—they have Hebrew letters on them. They yeah, must have known but they that. haven't
2: been—that's true. They haven't been messing with it. Um, <laughs> they have been messing with it, and they just haven't messed with it recently. It's just. It Sometimes it is very funny when Xenosaga reminds us that it does take place in our universe, just like way in the future, but also mm-hmm. our timeline and our, our own ancient history is still important to the plot, because it comes and goes. And so when it reminds us, and all of a uh-huh. sudden Junior recognizes ancient Aramaic, it's like, mm-hmm. fuck off, I would not recognize ancient Aramaic. The database loves to remind you about Kenya, dude.
0: reminder this is allegedly part of our own planet they're on
2: yeah Mm -hmm, uh, true true
3: yeah i mean the other funny thing you know i'm surprised this didn't pull a full dune and just have ancient jews just around right
2: (laughs) it does (laughs) i mean roth mantle um (laughs) roth is uh, definitely a very jewish name (laughs) no what are the es is named after
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Also, yeah. Yeah. Also, more physically, there are some ancient Jews around. One of Mm -hmm. them is a boss. Yeah. Yeah. True. Not going to say which one, though. Don't worry about it. So don't worry. Is it Moses?
2: We just said we're not going to tell you. (laughs) I I know. So. Momo starts reciting at this point because she can apparently read it and it is the tale of an angel rolling the rock away from the cavern or, you know, the resurrection. Junior's like, wait, you can read that? And she's like, no, it was in Daddy's Y-Data, so you know, I've seen it before. Yeah, I've read a book, Junior. Yeah. uh, Okay, the phrase Daddy's Y-Data, no
3: thank you. (laughs) I quoted that directly because it's so weird. (laughs) <laughs>
0: it, 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 you know what it, it, I, I this, hate when daddy does ETL operations on me <laughs> this
2: this game has thrown so much shit at me that that just rolled off me I was it did not register as fucking weird look
3: I'm sorry to tell you Riot but we're all full of daddy's Y data <laughs> we're all made of it
2: <laughs> <laughs> so then a laser damn it it's still so good, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it's really good. It's really good. At this point, a laser sighs through the room, and the E.S. Naftali enters with blue testament at the helm. Someone says, testament! And he's like, oh, so you remember me, huh? I remember you too. I remember that you let me die.
3: And then Virgil takes off his mask, and Shion is flabbergasted and has a bunch of questions. A whole lot of them like, why are you not dead? And uh, (laughs) Virgil responds, I didn't hide out in this dump so we could just talk about old memories. I have actually got business to attend with your craft. And then the Naftali transforms, yanking more guns out of itself and summoning a plasma cannon.
0: This made me laugh having read the database entry on what's cool about ES's because they're powered by the Zohar, which means they have unlimited operational time. But also, the thing that makes them better is not that they're better machines; it's that because they have unlimited power, they just have fifty thousand guns. Mm -hmm. Wait, Really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The reason they're better is they have a ton of guns. They can have infinite guns. Wait, wait, how does power?
3: why, Why would you have infinite guns and not just like a handful of guns that have infinite power in them?
0: Well, Why do you have more this of them, too, right? Like one of them says there's no reason you couldn't basically have a God Killer laser other than you would sacrifice mobility.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and then also the other thing that differentiates them is that because they're connected to the Zohar instead of the UMN, you can't disable them by taking out the mothership. And so Correct. they will continue to move around and operate independently so long as they can connect with the Zohar. It sucks when there's a lot of Zohar energy in a place that will paralyze these vessels of anima. Like, what is happening now? Yeah. Okay, Let's return also, to
0: that in ten minutes. Yeah, it turns out that the, the vessel of anima is just the thing that was in the loading screen of Xenosaga 2. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, yeah. no one really knows how they work. They're just like a giant spine that they insert into these giant robots and, you know, make them Gnosis killer machines. Also, it says only
0: special pilots can synchronize them. So they're usually limited to tactical operations. Thank goodness I conveniently hang out with six people who could do so. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, technically only. They four. don't have to be two pilots. They don't have to be two pilots, Matt. They're only two pilots because of how many guns they have. <laughs> That's why Jins only has one person in it. Because he doesn't have a thousand guns. Because he doesn't yeah. use any gun. Well, he used very few guns. It's incredible. <laughs> Shout yeah. us to the database.
3: Uh, I, I I just love how, like, Virgil just owns all of us when everyone's confused. like. So you use these things and you don't know how they work. <laughs> it's like,
0: well, same. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen an anime, Virgil? Shut up. <laughs> oh God!
2: But this is this is. It's funny that you said the words "anime Virgil." It's back just to Ava. Back because this is anime Virgil instead of like actual creepy Virgil. And it's this is where I was kind of rolling my eyes in a fun way, but like Virgil, the human form of Virgil was creepy as shit in episode uh-huh. one, like you know, oh, yeah. smelling realities and shit. And now he's just like, <laughs> it's it's extremely goofy how how much he's turned into an anime villain. I cannot wait for next recording session.
0: (laughs) That's how he was in battle, though, if you do not recall his hilarious, like, his incredible, like, battle-I'm-shooting-you-in-the-face cackle. (laughs) Big fan of that.
3: Uh, But anyway, the tablet on the wall begins glowing, and so do all the ESs. And that is because the tablet is reacting to the vessels of Anima in each ES. But... As we said, nobody in the party knows what's the deal about it. So they're like, Which what's is so going funny! On?
0: Shi'on has the database it doesn't read it.
3: <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Bimbo for life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Miyuki just typed all that shit. You should read it. Read the that's manual. This is
2: job, Miyuki. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> no thoughts, head empty, except for Cosmos. <laughs> that's that's extremely what it is, yeah. Uh, but then Virgil asks very
3: simply. Why don't you just try using your heads for once? And then we start
0: a boss battle. If you skipped the Xenosaga 1 and 2 on the DS because it wasn't released in America, <laughs> this is the first time you're fighting enough tally. The battle begins by telling you that the vessels are resonating, and the anima gauge is going to flip-flop wildly from turn to turn, helping Chris Taylor win the boss battle from three-quarters HP. Mm-hmm. What does this mean from a tactic standpoint? When the gauge fills, you want to use the special right away, because it's definitely going to go down the next turn. You'll know it's time to slow down and begin preparing the actual finishing blow when Virgil uses Anima Awakening. When this happens, he'll be at one-third health, and he's about to blast someone with the Buster Launcher, which is the huge-ass plasma cannon, and you should heal everybody. Buster Launcher does minimum five digits of damage unless you've been grinding like mad and uh this is this early in the game
2: it's definitely a one shot on the Zebulon, which didn't really matter because we have a fourth es now and yeah. so if one of your party members dies the other es just immediately replaces it and you don't have to do any like machine revive or anything oh sick yeah bet. Peace out, nerd. You did shit damage anyway. Yeah, no, it was honestly like good for the battle that the zebulon died.
3: (laughs) Well, so here's the thing. At least it full XP. Who cares? Yeah. Like the Zebulon doesn't even do ether anymore. Like, does it have any advantage
2: in this new system? Like over the other ones? It probably will when you level up a little more. Yeah, it will get some
1: skills. Okay.
2: There is a lore reason why there's only one pilot, and that is that the ESs that were designed for use by Ormus specifically only need one pilot because the right. other pilot seat does other shit now.
0: Yeah. From here on out, he has the, Virgil has the ability to use that two-turn combo every so often, but unless you're really not paying attention, it's basically impossible to flub in such a way that you'll uh, waste too many turns without dying outright. The ESs are considered in awakening mode for the whole fight, so you're going to see a lot of cooperative and ambush attacks when you're using standard blows. Eventually, he falls, and because this is a potent enemy and this is a tutorial fight, he just absolutely shrugs it off. Shoutouts to that turn where I got three ambushes in a row off of all of my awakening attacks and won the boss fight from three quarters of Virgil's HP. (laughs) Incredible.
1: It is possible, if you time things right or get good special attack sync to completely skip his awakening buster launcher combo and just take out that last third of his health in one. Yeah, go. I had no idea
0: any of this happened.
3: Yeah, same, because I was just trying to make sure that I got the extra bonus, um, like, finishing move attack, or, like, EXP, and mm-hmm. I, I think forget, I just... It's yeah. not
0: luck, it's skill. Yeah, and it worked, <laughs> and I didn't do <laughs> I merely got good at the game.
1: <laughs> so we return to cutscene vision after this fight. And Virgil just walks atop his mech and goes, Well, this is interesting. Guess there are just too many of you. Shion begins resuming her questions about, What the fuck? Aren't you dead? What's going on? And he just silences her with, You wouldn't understand anyway.
0: <laughs> just true. a shut up,
1: nerd. <laughs> And suddenly, a familiar voice is hamming it up. Are you just going to take all day here? And a white-cloaked man on a familiar ES drops in from above. Junior, because we're in the point of the game where no one has to be cutscene stupid anymore, immediately recognizes his brother and is like, Albedo, what the fuck? I killed you. Why are you here? And... Virgil just teleports atop the simian at the to remove the Naftali's vessel of anima and fly off. <laughs> Good typo. That's what it is. <laughs> the vessel of anime. I actually
0: have to see if I made that typo. Anyway, extremely Mortal Kombat ten where they just pull out the spine starting at the head.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I did make that typo. In my no- <laughs> whoops, that's me um it's yeah it's like just like ripping out all of the spines immediately very funny no he only rips out his own oh okay sorry sorry yeah they just take his because they're gonna need that got it so (laughs) like i just want to bring up that this game plays with dramatic irony more than most other jrpgs like jrpgs generally if the audience knows something, the characters know something, and if the <laughs> and, and if talk the audience does for forty minutes, what and talk about it for forty minutes, <laughs> yeah, and talk about it for forty minutes and if the audience doesn't know something, then the characters also don't know it, but here, the characters are still being like, "Hey, what the fuck?" when the game has given us all of the clues, all of the information we need to like put together you know who the testaments are who's behind them all of that shit and it's interesting because there are huge parts of the early swath of this game where where they're still doing like jrpg cryptic bullshit where it's like talking about stuff that we have no idea about but then also they're talking about stuff that we do have an idea about and the characters don't know and that is very rare for a jrpg of this vintage
0: Mm yeah yeah Again, the smashing together of multiple games works wonders here. Yeah. While we are talking about
1: that, just because we're on sort of a side tangent, can I talk about probably my favorite single use in a JRPG of mechanics to give the player a hint that the cast does not have? Yes. In a game that I will not name so I don't spoil things for people, there is a point where the party is split up, and... You are going to lose some specific characters. You will then fight a boss battle with a recurring villain from the title. When your party rejoins, it is very possible to learn before the endgame twist who is betraying you the whole time. Because if you check their skills, they have suddenly set things not the way you left them, but the way that the boss you just fought did with all their status effects and things on them.
3: Oh, Mm -hmm.
1: that rule, Yeah. That is an actual thing that I only picked up on in the game because of playing around with something different in the equipment screen and then going, wait, I don't remember having that
3: shit. You know, they they we talked about this in season one too, with uh Vanille having uh, three ATB bars when you first meet her. Mm-hmm. And you know, so she was oh, already yeah. see. Yep, at the very beginning where everybody else wasn't.
1: Yeah, there are games that do this, and it's become a little more of a meta thing you can do with design in the modern day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Please do anything with it. Yeah, it rules. Absolutely. So the party tries to pursue the duo, but suddenly the glow again, and all the robots lose power entirely. The last thing they hear from the duo is Virgil cackling, Ha! I told you that's what kind of place this is! Have fun figuring it out! And every mech shuts down. Terrible note, this is the last time
0: in the entire series we see the ES Simeon. Goodbye, sick-ass robot. Mm. And then this is when Shion reveals to us that all these robots are capsule core robots. Incredible. Yep. Where she just does the little thingy and they all disappear into, like, pocket space and they're still in your menu. Incredible. Love it. She did that in the opening. That's how she pulled the, um... Fuck, I can't remember what
1: her ES is right now. That's how she pulled her ES out when they were escaping. The Dina. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, she pulls it out in the middle of the vector. I think they special... ran back to where it was. No, they. she flew that out from the core.
2: Oh, well, yeah, huh. Yeah, she just pulled it out there. I love that the U-M-N is just this, like, automatic hand wave button that immediately it's like, okay, the existence of the U-M-N means that things can just materialize out of nowhere and we don't have to explain it. And then in episode three, they actually get into that and they're like, hey, isn't it kind of fucked up that this whole universe has just like a hand wave mechanic where, <laughs> where things can just materialize and dematerialize? What if that's evil? It, it's very funny to me. And so now that we're on foot, we can enter the ancient temple, which is an on-foot dungeon full of gnosis. This is the first time that we are dealing with a new status ailment that Gnosis can inflict called Crystallize. If you're hit with it, a three-turn countdown begins on that character in which you need to either hit them with an anti-crystal item to cure it or swap them out to pause a countdown or just kill the enemies, all the enemies, before the countdown ends because the status effects don't carry over after the end of the battle. A character who hits turn three is petrified and basically removed from the battlefield One of Chaos's first skills that he can get is Null G-Virus, which makes you immune to this, which is, uh, curious. I had a very bad time in
0: this dungeon. Didn't have to worry about Crystallize, because what I did is sold almost all of my items and got everyone to 100% G-Resist, because I remember there being an item that fully heals you and restores all your EP from death, but can sometimes Crystallize you, and now I'm just going to buy 99 of those next chapter and not worry about it but I did not have any gear upgrades for this dungeon. <laughs> Sicko a, shit. There's a fucking shop at the opening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he, I didn't have any money. It's fine. Right, because that's where beca- I finished topping it off. Because <laughs> I had to spend 60,000 like money on upgrading everybody. Yeah, Just ridiculous shit. Chris, this is one of the most galaxy-brained
1: mid-max moves <laughs> I've ever
0: heard. Yeah, but now <laughs> all of the other heal items I get are just free money. I don't need them. <gasps>
2: When Chris revealed this to me in the uh, Icons and Icons recording, he actually said, "Sybil's gonna be so pissed at me." <laughs> yes, <laughs> just yes, she it. is. <laughs>
0: look, it's not my fault that items are imba in Zeno Saga. Yeah.
2: So, another weird little update <sighs> between episodes is that the Gnosis models. This is the first time that you're like seeing Gnosis models that we've seen in previous games. You have the little crystal, like, caterpillar bugs. You have the big, like, two swingy-armed troll dudes. And then you have the weird, weird. like, flying amoeba jellyfish guys. But a couple of things. One, the models are higher resolution and higher polygon. And two, they took off the weird, like, phase distortion transparency effect. And so they look a lot better, but also a lot goofier at the same time.
0: Yeah, they're extremely goofy. They do not look like they belong.
2: No. Now that they are fully present in their world instead of this weird phasey thing, you can see how silly they look. So this is a very PS2-era JRPG dungeon staple here, the big-ass 3D spatial puzzle dungeon. It's like a bunch of floating platforms, and a lot of the platforms are kind of like broken apart so it doesn't look like there's a path forward. And there are pedestals that you can activate to shift the room where the new paths will rearrange themselves to create a path forward or create a path to a chest. But later on, some of these become, oh, well, if you hit one pedestal, then what will happen is that you're taking some ramps or some platforms from the critical path or the chest path and putting them in another location. So, oops, now you've blocked off that chest. You have to go back. And uh, find the right pedestal to reset it. Get the chest, and then go back. So make sure to explore all of the paths before pushing one. Also, it's just like, it's speaking of like PS2 era staples, it's just like the ancient temple with floating ramps and platforms and like obelisks everywhere. But it's not really tied to a particular culture's aesthetic. It's just temple and uh-huh. floating mm-hmm. is also a staple. I didn't really get lost here because the because the dungeon layout is simple enough that there aren't too many places to get lost, but did anybody else have a tough time with this?
0: No. It's no. it's no it's no ruins of neem like that remember the fucking lower one where it's like three dimensional and the camera's ultra zoomed in. Mm-hmm. Luckily you could see basically everything the whole time here.
3: The, yeah. the the thing that's well, it's not pulled back enough for me in some of the later rooms where I'm trying to see there was one I remember. I hit a button that was supposed to get me to a chest, but I don't know well, if it was in the same in a room. Different
0: room, I know, I I and I thought it that's was gonna... the room you have to go back to once you have the item from the end. Oh, uh, okay. Because it goes because I'm pretty sure you use that item on the the pedestal that has depression to make it happy, so it will let you go somewhere else.
3: <laughs> <laughs> See, I I was unaware of that. Like I thought I I knew I just I kept pushing forward and be like, oh
0: maybe I'll get that chest later, or maybe I'll just UMN dive and get it later. Let me tell you, I backtracked the whole way. You didn't miss anything.
2: Good. Good.
0: Glad I got to fight all those guys again with no equipment upgrades.
2: God. You acquired ancient Anima Zoloft. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) So after these like pedestal and platform rooms, the dungeon kind of stops trying and becomes a series of linear halls between elevators. Thankfully, the aesthetic is still more interesting than cave at this point. Instead, oh it's uh, crypt, uh, which is better. We finally arrive on the surface, emerging from a crypt. And then they come out
3: at a uh, graveyard. And it's this, you know, it's outside. There's, there's this field area. And Sheon recognizes it that it's the field that she's had dreams about and especially dreams with Nephilim. Speaking of which Nephilim shows up briefly and appears to lead her in a direction. And like, that's kind of
0: true and kind of not true because yeah. finding yeah. the actual yeah. path. Yeah. sucks. Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck that. No, because I saw that. And then I saw all these rocks in a row and I'm like, well, this is, if Nephilim went this way and this is the other way, this is clearly a side path. Nope. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the, the funny thing is like the actual path forward is like, there's a giant tree straight ahead in the back of the scene and you have to, like, hang along the right to it until you see there's a couple of rocks to blow up. And that is the path forward. It's not nearly as clear as you'd expect. But also, there's um, you can blow up the uh, gravestones in this area, and they're all <laughs> really big, and it's also very amusing to do so. Yeah. There is one that has uh, stairs back down into the cave, and there's another item to pick up. And I forget what it is, but it's not that significant. Yeah, well there's, an item, pick up. Up the
2: there's yeah. an item to pick up There's an item pickup and it also you're looking at what seems like a whole section of the dungeon that you haven't encountered yeah. before. So it's uh-huh. just like, oh wow, there's this uh, other huge labyrinth down here. And then t- just totally unnecessary unless you unless you go back uh with the EVS machine. Yeah, the, you don't
1: have the key yet.
2: Yeah. But, like, yeah, speaking of Hobby Lobby bullshit, our way <laughs> through is just to destroy these ancient sacred graves. It's so funny. Well, to me. you
3: actually don't need to destroy any graves to move the plot forward. You right. just, you yeah. will Christ. blow it up though, because it's there yes. and you could blow it up.
0: Yes. Did,
3: it is a blow upable thing.
0: A side note Did you play Vampire? Yes. Nope. I love nope. that you can sprint through tombstones and they explode <laughs> yeah, and they have the so best good. noise and there's just a graveyard full of them where you just run around blowing up people's tombstones. It's incredible. Okay, so I'm good. not going to lie. That does rule. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the first time you get to make a major plot choice is when you uninstall the game because that's when uh what the thing says and what you're going to do are so wildly different that you ruin the story forever. <laughs> I know the moment For you're reference, about. I
2: accidentally brain wiped the nurse yeah that's because yeah that's it's not like, what it
0: seems like you're gonna do
2: well right it's like oh you you think that you're gonna do some kind of peaceful solution but yeah, no, you know just two forget options, about this yeah your your two options are to eat her or brain wipe her oof sick yeah. Well I mean that game is they, good though the the game is super good and also it's one of those things where it is so much more boring to try to do a boy scout playthrough of that game because all of the interesting mechanical and plot stuff revolves around eating people. and so if you try to go through the game on a no eating people run, it's more difficult but also way more narratively boring. how I, short is I went this fucking
0: game? nuts in uh, like 20 hours probably. okay it's like I a, it's own like it. a, it's like a human revolution is what mm-hmm. your is the kind of game it is.
1: all right I will install this after I finish Sky the Third. You have my word.
0: I went nuts and ate all of the people after I accidentally ate the nurse. And I was like, whatever. Eat this landlord. Eat this old guy. It's fine.
3: Yeah, it's great. hmm But anyway, w- when you do eventually find the way forward after, you know, not being able to for, like, five minutes like I did... You're back underground in a cave, and Jin is amazed by the architecture inside because we're in a massive tomb with 12 graves on in it. Which are these are these are like the kind that are like on the ground, so like you slide back the ro- uh, the rock or the stone, and <laughs> it's down in there. It
0: turns out it was truly the last supper. <laughs> 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 <sighs>
3: But they're not the they don't have the names of the twelve disciples. They have the names of the twelve tribes of Israel, Chris. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. I know. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's the here's the Last Supper for
0: everyone, Matt. <laughs> Sorry.
3: Uh in chat for the Jews again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 I will point out my
1: silence on this
0: one <laughs> yeah same you, you know
1: what I, I, wow, I sometimes wow. forget-
0: not, not putting an F in the chat for the Jews the <laughs> uh-huh. look at this
1: Israel lover over here
3: <laughs> wow you're, you're literally hanging out in what is supposedly Israel right like that's what this is the part of this this yes. uh,
0: area yeah. even though it's got a French name Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Look, yeah. <laughs> looking forward to DIS two when we visit the US Embassy. <laughs> um you, about you know, I do that <laughs> I do forget sometimes that
3: like not everyone may know that I'm Jewish on every single podcast. So sometimes I say something that would be Man. horribly inoffensive okay. if somebody non-Jewish said it. <laughs>
0: if this was if our podcast network is a JRPG, that would be your one defining character trait.
3: Oh, absolutely. Rough. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Look, we've already talked about the Hebrew hammer, like, ES or whatever. Or no, no, a Gundam. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, come on.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, for what it's worth, that means Matt is chaos. (laughs) Ryan and I get to have, you know, Shion and Cosmos powers. (laughs) And Chris is very definitely
3: Voyager. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. So, they're in the cave. They're checking out the tombs. One or two of the graves have been smashed open. However, Momo is the first to notice that the ones that aren't bear the names of the ESs. And you, you can, I want
0: to read them. I want to read them and be able to figure out which ones are gone. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh,
3: yeah, they don't let you.
0: Revisit this area later. Okay.
3: Mm-hmm. In the back of the room is the large coffin that we've been seeing in cutscenes and also the giant. Stone cross that Cosmos was crucified on with ox cables in her subconscious. And they point that okay, out. They was, literally she say she was that. tied
0: to it. She wasn't crucified to it, please. Okay, fine. Tied to
3: in a crucifix-like fashion. Mm-hmm. Can't say that. <laughs> anyway. And so Cosmos's large hog slips
1: out and <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: It'd be it'd be called the Arhog, you know it. <laughs> by by the way, Arhog, totally going into the uh, fanfic. This like to the right,
0: the Arhog.
3: Oh <laughs> uh, shit! But anyway, yeah, and fr- I mentioned the coffin. There's a big coffin in there. We've seen it before earlier in this game. That the testaments keep chilling around and having conversations about. If you go around behind that, there is a wall you can blow up, and you can find an item called the Arcadian Resource on top of another coffin.
0: (laughs) The most generic item name there's ever been. (laughs) For what
3: it's
1: worth, that is what unlocks those extra chunks of dungeon you were both mentioning. Mm,
3: Ah, good to know. Yeah. Except it's no time for puzzles right now because motherfucking Telos is here. So she shows up and says, To ensure that I continue to exist as myself, cosmos i'm going to destroy you and chaos recognizes something in telos and says the
0: one of the most unhelpful lines which is it can't be okay this is the the thing that he's talking about is the spoiler i accidentally caught trying to find out what telos stood for (laughs) and buddy oh is it a lot
2: (laughs) it's a lot it's a lot a lot so just from a direction standpoint the contrast between Cosmos and Telos is very, very funny, because Cosmos's whole deal is that everyone has been wondering if she has feelings or not for two and a quarter whole games because she just has a blank affect the whole time. And they didn't do that shit at all with Telos. She no. immediately has, like, an evil character smirk. She has, like, evil character barks. She's just, like, all the way into, you know, like... I am evil and I'm gonna destroy you. <laughs> and it she was just... designed by Dr. Eggman. <laughs> 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 yes. She Motherfucker
0: was. walks around in a red cloak, fatting it up. Yeah. But like, it. Are it you is, talking it, Dr. Eggman? You can't say Dr. Eggman fats it up.
1: <laughs> yes, you can. That's why <laughs> okay. he has the name Eggman. Yes. Yeah. Dr. Eggman, problematic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Extremely problematic.
2: And that's before you add the Jim Carrey aspect. Yeah. Oh. But the contrast between Cosmos and Telos is very funny to me because instead of like good versus evil, it is blank versus evil. And it's it's yeah, I like.
3: That. Yeah. I mean, I noticed that right away when they first introduced Telos that she has an attitude, right? Like mm-hmm. she has a, like an emotional reaction to things. And it's, yeah, it's very stock anime villain, but,
2: like, it definitely feels weird. Dead as oh my, fuck of you met? Oh my god, oh my god, Telos is Knuckles the Echidna, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. she's the gritty 90s reboot of uh, Cosmos. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. she is Knuckles, <laughs> oh my god.
0: <laughs> Telos enters the battlefield tittingly. Mm. <laughs> what, what, what was the, what is the meme? I don't know. Which oh, meme? The trailer meme, don't worry about it. Mm. I have no idea. Oh, oh, I remember what it is. Tell us just says, do you think I need your power? Mm. None of Mm. you have an eight year old child, so you have not seen the
1: trailer. No, No, it turns out I'm going nowhere near a Jim Carrey movie.
3: Yeah. See, the only uh, Knuckles meme that I am aware of is the one where there is that tweet that says, I know how to make Eldra's. uh, Eldra, he knuckles disappear. Uh Oh, (laughs) (laughs) that one was
1: very good. That means.
3: (laughs)
2: <laughs> it means fist it's me, a, daddy Yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah. That's what it means I want Idris oh. Elba to fist me is what it means <laughs> Okay
1: <laughs> He is very attractive, uh, uh. to be fair I would yeah. sure. absolutely fuck Idris Elba uh, Just gonna put that out there in case this somehow gets to him <laughs> In case you're, I know you're listening <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Phone number in the description Hell yeah, king
0: start the boss battle the fight has a lot of interesting layers telos counts as a machine type so thunder is very effective but she's also vulnerable to anything that affects humanoid enemies which means uh, getting a lot of mileage out of skeletal slash this fight mm-hmm. okay
2: so v- extremely funny note is that when you cast analyze on her if you're a uh, type of sicko that does that her enemy do- type does actually say machine human yes mm. very good
1: there are some great animation. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but there are some attacks that are basically designed around humans. Sheon's yeah. slam your fucking face into the ground is one of them. Ziggy's neck snap move is uh-huh. great.
3: I tried the neck snap move once and it failed and I thought it was because she was a machine and I never tried it again.
1: Mm. No, if it goes off, it's giant bo- uh, break damage. Yeah. Okay, so that's pro- it probably
3: just whiffed. So. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oops. You want to have Sheon or somebody steal the green Oasis accessory here before the fight ends because it's a sick. Yeah. If you're bad at strategy, tell us will absolutely wreck your break gauge with uh, one of her default attacks being her Magdalene 16 machine pistol, which has the most incredible animation and sound, by the way. Love it. Mm hmm. And uh, she fucking pulls out RoboCop's gun and it's named uh, after the mother of Christ.
3: Uh-huh.
1: It's so good
0: not the mother of christ yeah. sorry
3: i always <laughs> fuck that up <laughs> yeah so two recording sessions in a row <laughs> yep. we know what kind of pervert
0: you are because you would remember that she's into feet <laughs> ah. yeah I, feet
1: feet are just not one of my things
0: mm. well that's fine <laughs> matt says that's fine as though he's into feet i'm not but feet, feet, still fine to not be into feet feet, isn't it? feet 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 <laughs> Oh, is that no. not what, is that not what you were doing?
2: Feet is the vanilla version of what a kink is. Is the thing, and so if you are in, if you are actually a kinky person, you're probably not into feet. What's I don't want to think that,
3: about anything flavored in feet. Just no, thank you. What's that quote that was going around,
1: around this week? Trans women have kinks that are like a thought experiment.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you see, you shared <laughs> that one. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: I'm very disappointed it said thought experiment and not thought experiment. Big swing of this. <laughs> I know. I'm so mad that that wasn't the pun they used. Speaking of thought experiments, she'll also do a move called Overtaker, where she's about to launch into her special move, T-Skilla, which definitely a rep <laughs> name. Yeah, <Yep. laughs> I was <just> going to say. <laughs> which is even more break damaging with huge damage to boot and the most incredible animation. Mm-hmm. We we'll have to put a video of that in here. So she basically flips somebody over, stomps them, stomps them into the ground, and then just fucking headshots them with a gun. Uh-huh. Uh, it's what it's what cops do. Ooh. It's what they think Not they look like before broad. we have body cam footage. That's true. Yeah. In Telos' defense, I was resisting. What? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what's funny about that
3: is like. At the end of this fight, when I was trying to get enough boost to do a finishing move, I had to bring in the weakest character, which was Momo. And I send in Momo, and she immediately gets like fucking headshot. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs>
0: <laughs> From full <laughs> health god. because she has eight hundred HP. If you have Cosmos in here, she'll basically only attack Cosmos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She, which made this very easy since I put Cosmos into the blocker role and she had a yeah. block up, ex, uh, boost limit up accessories and like damage guard. Mm. So very easy fight, especially since Jin has um break heal mm-hmm. and Sheon right. has break a gauge and Telos is mm-hmm. very vulnerable to break.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. break heal and also Shion's like party wide status buffs r- oh, really yeah. help me here. Like, yeah, those yeah. Are good quick and her defensive were both like really great here
1: yeah, yeah if you are starting to unlock buff skills this isn't quite smt focused on those but they're a giant boon
3: in boss fights mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, i gotta say i i love that it, we immediately get party-wide buffs because like i never want to play a jrpg where there's individual buffs and i have to spend like three rounds or, or more to try to buff everybody up like just give me the buff for the party and let me go
0: like you get these as a necessity because the the there's not that much gameplay, but right, it yeah. makes it feel much better. Much oh, better. Yeah.
2: yeah. Speaking of things in JRPGs that feel like a waste of time, this is partly why I hate rare boss steel mechanics, where mm, you just yeah. like have to spam a turn on steel until you actually get it, and it's so it just feels like you're wasting a bunch of turns to get a fun accessory very can you
0: miss with rare steel here oh yes. yeah I have never, yes oh i, missed, I have twice, never
2: missed so Sam. far this game yeah, I, missed I missed twice, I missed twice and so, too and so i stopped stealing because and so i didn't get the uh the green oasis accessory because i thought that she didn't have anything
1: yeah skills do have a whiff chance
2: uh, the
0: analyze screen tells you what they have
2: yeah the analyze screen does tell you <laughs> oh ryan Beatty, idiot
0: <laughs> what does the green oasis do i don't remember what it does it's good, good Right, i equipped it and i forget yeah, the Oasis are, um... They're I not think they're rings. E- Usually they add a... Well, they're um, rings. I break. just don't remember what it does.
3: Like, uh, the other ones gave you, like, break level increases, like the red one and whatnot, so it's probably that plus something Well, they else. all do
0: something different.
3: Because the one gives you more EP. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that one's really good. It's, like, plus 50 EP. That's, like, I had that on Xion. Mm-hmm. Which is great because, like, those party-wide buffs are, like, 22 EP. Like, it's a pretty good chunk. Yeah.
0: But also, she has, like, 100. It's wild. Yeah, so you get, like, 150.
1: Uh, HP plus 300 is green oasis. The green series Hell, is yeah. HP Ops. Mm. I
0: like that they're color-coded.
1: Red is break limit raise. Blue is EP raise.
0: That makes sense. They're color-coded to the meters. Mm-hmm. hmm Hmm. Did anyone have
2: any in- an interesting time with this boss? I mean, I had fun with this boss, but it just felt like a test of the regular battle mechanics of just like learning to manage your own boost meter, your own break meter, and then the opponent's break meter and learning to recognize weaknesses, Mm -hmm. weakness damage types. So it was a good, interesting boss, but it wasn't necessarily unique.
3: Yeah, I didn't find it challenging. I mean, I had to, you know, pay a little attention, but like I didn't feel like I was in a ton of danger. Like I was expecting like, Late in her skills, like when when she starts going like Super Saiyan, basically at the end of this, <laughs> like I thought she would just start stomping characters, and like that that combo attack does a lot of damage, but it really only kills like you know Momo. Like it didn't kill uh, Cosmos at all, and I could just heal Cosmos back up pretty easily. I think the one thing is you can't hang out too long because you'll run out of EP eventually. Mm-hmm. But you know. In the at the end of this, where I did like eight rounds of just Momo attacking and everyone else guarding, so I could get that second boost. Like I wasn't feeling very you know
0: stressed. I don't know. I I can never bother for break limits on oh. bosses.
2: One thing that did piss me off is a discovery that enemy boost still does work like it did in Xenosaga Two, where if you just like wait on your turn for too long and the boss or the enemy does have a bit of boost gauge they can boost timing based wise where it's just like oh yeah i'm gonna boost because you waited too long to finish your turn i was very mad about that because i hate that mechanic in a turn-based game
0: there seems to be a minimum time because that's never occurred right like so at least it seems like there's a minimum time until they will start thinking about it
3: yeah I've ne- not once so far used boost to jump a turn.
0: Yeah, why would you? It's strictly inferior.
3: Yeah, I just, it's so weird to think of it that way. And I still, we still only have three boost max at this point, so.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I will use boost to jump a turn if I am, like, very close to achieving break on an enemy. Mm, okay. And that's basically the only time.
0: I guess I might use it if an enemy was in break and I could squeeze another turn out. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah.
0: But yeah, my my party setup definitely trivialized this boss, especially since Cosmos didn't need to use heat, so she could just spam M Buster the entire time. Yep, yep, very good. So yeah, like the Shion set up for break, and Jin set up for attacker, and then just Cosmos set up for tank here, it just completely trivialized the fight because of how it works.
3: I actually finished this fight with uh, Chaos's special attack because I was using Chaos the whole dungeon to kill the Gnosis's because I'm like, oh, I want to get that special attack to be really good. And he got it up to level four and it did like three times as much damage (laughs) as everybody else's. Oh Holy dude, shit.
0: the Co- the Cosmos one is unbelievable if you get a back attack
2: because it's like twelve hits, all of which will crit yes. on a back
0: attack. Incredible. Oh my god.
2: Nice. It is, yeah. It is a it is a back attack lord. It's so good. Speaking of Jin, I feel like Jin's outfit here is an homage to Saitan. Uh, it, it is okay, cool. I just I wanted to say it out loud because I, I was thinking about Saitan a lot because of that fucking tweet.
0: The people who make
2: the tofu? Uh, they make something. Yeah, they make something. <laughs> oh, you were making a satan joke. Uh, I, I see. was. Yeah, <laughs> I was making a joke about that. Yeah, mm.
1: Mm. <laughs> sickos know what we're talking
0: about. Uh, play Zeno Gears. Play Zeno Gears. Once she uses Overtaker, her boost gauge will go up at double speed for the rest of the fight. You absolutely need to hit her with a break ASAP or this will get out of hand quickly, especially if she takes out a party member. And uh, if you found the EK device, Kaiser is not a single use skill in battle anymore. So you can just have them spam it for a ton of thunder damage or to finish off her break gauge anytime you can.
1: There's a lot of different ways to do this fight, and it's the first uh, real... I sold
0: all my EP ups.
1: (laughs) Whoops. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's pretty great that it's not just a one strategy thing. I think we all did
0: this very differently. Yeah, Mm -hmm. It's a good fight. All the boss fights are very well designed so far, and for the rest of the game, if I remember... Uh, Optional bosses aside, Yes. Optional bosses are always bad in JRPGs. They're just big numbers. The only one that I think has ever been cool was this duel you described to me. That into. Mm-hmm. So,
1: the battle ends with Cosmos pulling out her chain gun and unloading into an on the ground on fire Telos.
0: <laughs> I love that she's on fire.
1: Yes. <laughs> Despite this, our Gynoid Gal Pal immediately tells Sheon. Her output is 4.7 times my own. I will delay the enemy unit and you must retreat. Everyone's in disbelief at this until the fire clears a bit and Telos is immediately visible without a scratch standing on her feet. Do you recall that absolutely sick Jin and Margulis fight at the end of Xenosaga 2? This is the martial arts equivalent. Cosmos and Telos begin kickboxing, punching, and leaping around the room in one-on-one combat.
3: Yeah, and like... This is extremely like matrix style too. But like yeah. there's a lot of really cool bits where like it's in slow motion and you'd think that like there would be like a like a kick that would hit Cosmos or something, but like Cosmos would rotate in a particular way that like counter kicks or something. Like it's really hard to describe this action, but it's definitely like a notch or two above just another cool kung fu fight.
0: I wish this was an FMV, because the PS2-era animations, like the in-engine stuff, it doesn't like really like sell the weight of it, mm-hmm. but well-directed, for
2: sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and it's interesting, because it the way that Episode 3 does a lot of its pre-rendered cutscenes is that they aren't FMV, because they're using the in-engine models and effects, but they are... Mm-hmm. But they're not bound by like slowdown or the maximum processing power of the PS2 anymore. And so you can get more out of it even though they're using lesser assets. And the reason I know that it's a pre-rendered cutscene is that because I'm playing on an emulator and I have it like set to 720p, all of the pre-rendered cutscenes double the image in a really weird ghosty way, and I have to turn the resolution down to native to see anything that's going on. So I know immediately when there is a pre-rendered cutscene that is not FMV, because all of a sudden my vision goes extremely blurry until I adjust the resolution.
1: I will mention when we were talking about Xenosaga the Animation, the final episode used a lot of Cosmos is not a human and not bound by the limits of a body flipping around tentacles and weaponry and attacks. And there's some of that here in this scene as she's bending in unnatural angles like twisting off of her wrist to dodge a kick or they they really go in on it with these two
0: fighting.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's the the best like one-on-one fight scene in the series so far.
0: Also, Easily. just a reminder that what was the ship you broke into when you met Junior? But Telos was like seated that early because you saw her on a monitor mm-hmm. in the oh, dungeon. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, that's on the
3: Wuling Wuglinday. Wuglinday, yeah, yeah. Is that in the Wuglinday? I
0: think that where the ship Junior invades. Oh no, 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 no! no.
3: It's a Utic ship. Yeah, it's
0: it's a Utic ship. It's like the second, third dungeon. It's wild to remember how early this was seated.
3: Yeah.
1: This battle begins on an even footing, but quickly turns for Telos, and Cosmos is on the ground. At this point, Rothmantel just pops out of the other entrance to the cavern, saying the whole thing is useless. We've analyzed
0: all her attack patterns. I love this smug fuck. He's the best.
1: (laughs) Shion once again plays the, okay, why are you even here card? And his answer is to turn into the Red Testament and reply, it's simple. My job is to observe you. I know it goes against both of your wills, but Cosmos's job is to be destroyed here. Cosmos pleads once again for Shion to leave after she has taken a blade to the face, and Shion refuses again.
3: Yeah, it's very funny to me that, like, before the fight scene, Cosmos <laughs> is like, I will delay the enemy, and then you have to leave, and then everyone just watches as yeah. the sick anime fight happens, yeah. and nobody moves. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> like I love
0: that Cosmos <laughs> yeah. is like from Memento and has a forehead tat of her name. Very good.
1: <laughs> In everyone's defense, at least at first, they're at the wrong side of the cavern to escape from. They would have to run through
3: the anime fight. Okay. yeah no no that's true it's just also funny to have they don't even like try to move around the like except that
0: junior's the only one who does anything it is so seconds. funny yes. oh my god that's so it's so great when he does that too
2: yeah it-
3: that's
0: next,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Finally, though, finally we I can we can reveal the thing that was cut out of last episode, where it's like, yes, Roth Mantle. The translation of that into from German is red cape. Therefore, Roth Mantle equals red testament. Like, all right, fine, good. Mm-hmm. Darth Vader means father. Yeah, German spoiling shit all over the
0: globe for yeah. fifty fucking years. <laughs> for real. I hope he eats soup at some point so I can say more like broth mantel.
1: <laughs> I have terrible news. You will never see him in one of those cool
0: restaurant scenes.
2: Aww. So in response to all of this, Telos beelines straight at Xion, causing Cosmos to leap in front of her and take damage in her defense. Cosmos has been trying to sacrifice herself for Sheon for two and a third games at this point, and she finally fishes her wish. <laughs> At this point, literally anybody else responds with Junior joining and firing his pistols alongside Cosmos's minigun. It's, so, bullet- great.
3: it's yeah. so great! It's so great how like lame and pointless it is.
2: Yeah, they're just just shooting. That's it. <laughs> and this bullet barrage, all it does is just like cloud the room with debris. And then Telos stands up on top of a fallen stalactite. Now, with a mirror of Cosmos's scar that she just gave her, she goes. Cosmos, what is the reason for your existence? Cosmos is silent, and Telos responds, Pathetic. Return to dust so that I may truly awaken. And then with that, Telos's chest opens into a spiny sandworm mouth, and she charges up a phase transfer cannon, which everyone is terrified about because it's like at this close range. That's the, nu- the nuke gun that Cosmos had, if you forgot.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. yep. that, where yeah, that's she how also... we
2: got into this friggin' sphere. Mm-hmm, yeah. Cosmos just, like, hurls her chain gun aside and walks forward. Xion's pendant begins glowing. As the projectile barrels down on her, Cosmos holds it at bay, joints sparking and exploding, and when the ball bursts, blinding the party, we see Cosmos crumple into a heap.
3: So, Xion stares at the arch-rival bot, and suddenly sees a woman clad in white robes, but in reality, Talos is now standing on top of an unmoving Cosmos's body uh, with like heel on her forehead. Right, if I remember yep. correctly. In about five seconds, we see a brutal off-screen spark as Talos is now stabbing through Cosmos with her
0: heel. Ouch! So many fetishes were born just. Now. <laughs> no <laughs> kidding. <laughs> oh lord finally feet
3: stuff for Sybil <laughs>
1: <laughs> now you have to leave that earlier bit in
3: <laughs> I was going to anyway hey. uh, so she unscreams for this to stop because this is not her fetish and begins glowing as above the red like te- to watch <laughs> she, no she, she does not above Her, The Red Testament is, of course, watching, as he said he does. Cosmos's body then begins sparking and shining, and behind the party, so does the coffin and cross combo. The Testament then says, now reveal yourself to us. Show us your spark of life. And a massive orb of energy blooms out of Cosmos and begins consuming everything inside the hypersphere.
0: Why do I not remember this? I did this yesterday. It just happens real fast. It's a quick... <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, it's
1: basically just like a zoom out, which immediately goes to...
3: Yeah. Outside the orb where the uh, the force field is collapsed. Well, is, is it the force field collapsing or is it the whole thing collapsing?
1: The whole thing is collapsing because we see the orb shrink in on the landmass, which is still glowing, and mm-hmm. yeah. the Durandal has to retreat because they say
3: it might get sucked into this. Yeah. But back In uh, what the notes refer to as his peeper palace.
1: (laughs) That's a horrible name
3: for anything. I can't keep calling
1: it the whack-ass crystal prison.
0: Oh, 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 dumb lore note. At one point, Teleth says that she needs to kill Cosmos so order can be restored. And then after this, both the rings of the compass are working now. Incredible. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Great dumb lore bit.
3: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, so, yeah, we're talking about Wilhelm, who's watching the compass, which is shining like the sun, and he says, it has begun, once again, in the same place, it has begun. And then, we get a telescreen asking us to save our game, with Miyuki's voice, which is distracting every time it happens. It randomizes the voice. Because it's been, it's been the same one for me every single time, I'm pretty sure it was always Miyuki for me, which is so weird. I've had Sheon. I've had
1: Cosmos. It does randomize which woman is asking to save the game. I think the second disc is the
3: man. Interesting. But anyway, that's the end of this section.
0: Tell me about party development. What are we up to?
3: I have
1: most characters uh, two skills in, or two tiers into whichever line I have chosen for their early game choice. I'm probably going to start filling in the first row of the second line next time, just to get a little bit of variety.
3: Yeah, I spent most of this dungeon, like, using Chaos as my anchor to finish the fights. And Xion's the most developed, definitely, points-wise. Like, she is... I believe I put her in the, like, the attack mode. But, like, so far, like, I haven't gotten enough skills to really... Notice much difference in the specialization, but the thing is, the fights so far have been so simple that I haven't really needed to think about them too hard. So oh, we'll bro, see if you that... not
0: use Broken Eagle. I, I don't know Qian what has that's like Lunar Blade Plus, but only on humans, and it does like two hundred and fifty damage a turn to Telos. Uh, no, I did not have that. Well, I don't you would even have know to analyze is. her to know that human skills work on her. It's an attacker skill. You definitely have it. Okay. Okay.
3: Well. I, I guess like I I analyzed her, but I but then I remember I tried to do the uh, the neck snap thing and it failed, and I thought it was because she wasn't human, <laughs> considered
0: oh, human yeah. according
3: to the game. So like I didn't try. I was only doing machine skills, like anti machine skills.
2: You missed out. It's, it does so much damage. <laughs> okay. It's also possible that Matt doesn't have Broken Eagle because I think it might be a skill line unlock and not a an automatic attack. Well, like you it you is, get this. But he
0: said he's in the attacker line. I'm pretty oh, sure I made just heard the attacker. Uh, well,
3: okay. actually, you know what? It, what is the top line for her? Is it support or attacker?
0: No, that's support. Or, yeah, oh, support no. Then I made her support. <laughs> then I mm-hmm. I totally
3: forgot. I made her support because I was using the uh, the party wide buffs. But oh yeah. I, yeah like yeah. They, they flip-flop which ones, like whether or not it's like attack or support based on the character, and it's hard for me to remember. Right,
0: mm-hmm. because it's here's what we think their primary should be, and here's an alternate.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It's like how Jin can tank but be an evasion tank.
3: Yeah I, yeah, I definitely I have Jinbon. I have a Jin building towards an invasion tank, but I didn't use him that much.
2: Jin is my anti-machine god, and then Cosmos is my anti gnosis god. And so I swap those two out as the main damage dealers, depending on whether or not I'm fighting I'm fighting machines or Gnosis, And then you know, Shion can mop up all the humans, and everybody else is basically support. I just like. I I just don't have any motivation to put Ziggy in my party at all, which bums me out because Ziggy, because of Pied Piper, I love Ziggy's character arc, but he is so ancillary to the story that it never feels right to put him in my main party.
0: Well, the other thing about Ziggy... Is that Ziggy is always mechanically good, but in a weird, well-rounded way that Mm. makes it fit, like, makes him feel like he's not an obvious choice for any party. Also Mm -hmm. true. He's not really
1: spec'd for support, but in a lot of other JRPGs, he would be that character who can take a hit, but stay on the battlefield to back everyone up.
0: Yeah, like, like in Xenosaga 1, he knew, like, all elements and stuff, right? Like, he was valuable all the time, but he just did not naturally fill a role. Yeah, yeah. In terms of party stuff, right now I've really only developed um, Cosmos and Jin, because at some point, the party will split up, and it will be nice to decide what I need based on the party configuration. Mm -hmm. And right now, they can handle everything just fine.
1: God damn it. What? Someone just pinged me in another server going, Sybil, would you have sex with Gendo Akari? And I said, yeah, why not? And then I read up and they went, hey, I know that if there's one thing that's true, it's Ritsuko has no taste. Let me test this. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> 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 Fuck
0: oh, me. <laughs> annihilated. God damn it. <laughs> this is why you scroll up. The data log of the week is the data log for Pendant that just is, says a crystal pendant worn by Shion It doesn't even update <laughs> after the cutscene. Thank you, my soft. <laughs> also, I will
1: point out. This dungeon, if you are a special attack sicko, is fucking great to farm with both Junior and Chaos, since their Mm -hmm. stuff levels up with Gnosis Mm -hmm. Souls. Exactly, yeah. bring them in here, special attack the hell out of everything. Great. Great. I actually ground them up from the save point to get them to level three each. Mm.
0: I will not do that, because I came up with a sicko strategy that means I don't have to put in any effort. Nice do we have any closing thoughts on the content of the episode on the content that we played? I'm sure the content of the episode is problematic again, (laughs) (laughs) as always.
1: I'm still on the podcast.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like
3: it's weird to me that y'all have told me that there's very little gameplay gameplay in this game. And yet I feel like I'm still in tutorial mode
0: by volume, right? It's not that there's not a lot of gameplay, but for a JRPG, there's not a lot of gameplay.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't know how much longer, like, how much longer is the game at this point. Like, if, are we at the quarter point? Or are we at 20%? Isn't it like, I have no 30 idea.
0: hours? We're probably, like, I don't know. Like a third. You could, then. Far.
3: You could definitely blaze through it. Let me check my notes. Cause, like, I have a feeling like I'm waiting for the game to ask more of me and it hasn't happened yet. So, for what um, it's worth,
1: we've just closed chapter three of seven on the first disc. Yeah, uh, oh, on the next the first one. Desk. How long to beat says thirty six hours. Mm-hmm. Four is almost insanely short. Six is a beast. Uh, five through seven are an arc I can't talk about yet. And then disc two is two chapters, but they are some of the longest motherfucking
0: dungeons. Oh boy. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed, but the end is three episodes in the in our I, schedule. I did
3: notice that, uh, but yep. I wonder how much of that is like we talked about. that, It'd be a lot of story. Yeah,
1: part of it is story. Part of it is that holy fucking shit, Abel's arc into the end game. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, and it's, I don't, I can't trust my play clock counter anymore because I accidentally fell asleep in the middle of of playing Xenosaga this week. <laughs> Same, <laughs> really? and so. And so my play clock counter just, like, jumped up by more than eight hours, so I have no clue. So, Xenosaga 2 had a lot of problems, but one thing it did have going for it, with the exception of the goddamned dungeon that was just the exact same hallways but in two different seasons a lot of the dungeons had interesting gimmicks either with combat or with puzzles or whatever and so far we've just kind of had decent versions of very standard jrpg dungeons in Xenosaga 3 and i enjoy that it is an enjoyable experience because Xenosaga 3 is so streamlined and non-clunky compared to the first two but it is interesting that it it you know we are eight to ten hours in at this point and there have not been any like standout dungeons it's been a bunch of story to tutorial dungeons and then this one which is not a tutorial dungeon but it is just like you know it's like the mist cave essentially yeah i hated the es portion of this dungeon and then the on foot portion was such a breath of fresh air that i was like hell yeah this is great even though there's not a whole lot to it
0: it was fine
2: i want to put into perspective that
0: we we're probably five hours into the 40 hour game and it's just that ryan and i spent an additional five hours reading all of the npc dialogue twice in <laughs> yes the city Yes, oh, i mean i i did a lot of side stuff and
3: exploring and you know I, i'm current on hack and everything like I'm probably at like... All I'm
0: saying is that we're not that far in according to the main story quest or whatever.
3: Gotcha. It it feels like it's moving pretty briskly from where I'm sitting, but I also don't know where this game goes, so...
0: There will just be a lot to happen. Commercial time.
3: Yeah, so... Listen to other shows on the network, like Boku No Stop. There's the free version where we are still covering Monster, and the... Premium version where we've recently started jujutsu Kaisen. Boy, what an opener. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're just rolling along, watching anime, having a good time. Having a probably a better time than of late, at least with uh there's nothing in jujutsu Kaisen that has uh like bored us or made us annoyed yet. You can find
1: my work at hellscaper.com, including a variety of podcasts and writing not related to this network. I am very fond of the horror movie podcast I have just begun with a longtime buddy of mine, wherein I am constantly dunked on weekly by one of my oldest friends <laughs> in such ways as, hey, do I sound like the witch at the start of this movie? Actually, you're kind of worse. Oh, okay. You were <laughs> asking for it.
0: I was asking for Why would you even ask? Don't ask questions you don't want to know the answer to. Honestly, I just didn't expect him to be so brutal about it. <laughs> well, now you've learned.
3: Yes, I have. (laughs) This is how we make content.
2: (laughs) You can listen to my solo music at SoundCloud, uh, at Catastrophizer, and uh, my band at canonanddeverin.bandcamp.com.
0: You should tell your dad about our podcast, so that way we can get an anecdote about what he thought of it.
2: Oh, God, no. He would hate it so (laughs) much more than he hates my music. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine
1: your father listening to anything that comes out of my mouth.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> the plot twist: Your dad gets really into hentai. Oh my god! <laughs> Never, <laughs> Jesus!
2: Get out! Uh-huh, uh-huh. Hate it. Ryan's <laughs> father
1: pay pigs for Sybil.
0: Hate it! Hate <laughs> it! <laughs> I don't know that heel uh-huh. thing sounded pretty good. Oh my god! <laughs> I have this nice pair of red ones over here. Mm. You can listen to Ryan and Ice podcast icons and icons by visiting our Patreon at pishdrop.cash and kicking in as little as a buck a month. It's this podcast, but about Final Fantasy 14, the MMO, will be in Heaven's Word within a couple of months, probably. Yep. Oh, the title music is so good. Yeah. I would be in Heaven's Word in a couple months, except they won't let me play anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there it is. Hey, you know what? Sorry that you don't support small indie companies. that's all until next time when we'll be talking about wherever the party just ended up I forget because I forget all these cutscenes even though it was yesterday and we'll be playing up until the save point at the urban a district goodbye